Breaking Down Bits, a conversation about great comedy bits with the comedians who wrote and performed them. Hey, Breaking Down Bits, I'm Brian Gendron. I'm Drew Jordan, and I was just thinking about that intro. You know, we, uh, we recorded that. I recorded that in my parents' guest room, which used to be my bedroom, under a blanket on my little recorder because I wasn't at like home. A, like a 10-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> like I was telling scary stories to myself. Um, wow, we've come so far. Four seasons. This is our season finale of season four. If you... Uh, have missed any of the episodes, want to go back, uh, they're all out there. Spotify, wherever you watch podcasts, it's even on YouTube as well. The portal to all that, of course, BreakingDownBits.com is where you can find all the episodes. I promise there's something in every episode um, You know, for everybody. There's different angles, different types of comedians, uh, people that kind of have specialty and, and deeper kind of wells of information on different topics. So uh, cycle through there. Find, you'll find something that will help you. Um, I, I get something great out of every single, every single podcast personally, for sure. We're all trying to do this. Everybody does it just a little bit differently, don't they? Uh, including our last guest, good time for callbacks. Uh, we met with Warren episode. Well, Greg Warren is um, a, a morning pages guy, and that, that one uh, has always been a thing that has done me well uh, when I do it consistently. Uh, if you're not familiar with morning pages, like the, the basics is just like, wake up. It tends for me to really help, and Greg said the same thing right there early in the morning. Wake up early, just write. Almost like you're doing a therapy session with yourself. You don't necessarily try to write funny things. You just dump. Um, and if you can write two or three pages, uh, I put it away personally. And then when I was doing it the, the most, and then I would look at it like a week later. And, and so I forgotten what I had written completely. Uh, and Greg uses this and, um, man, it's just a great, it's a great way to just mine your brain for, for thoughts and ideas and opinions that you have. And then uh, you go back and you find that there's a couple of fun things to explore for jokes. I'm going to ride the coattails of your callback and do basically the same thing and just add a little bit more detail. He talked about finding things from the day before in your morning pages that were weird. Mm. Those specific moments are, are the places where we can mine for jokes. And so strange occurrences from the day before and allow yourself, what is it, 30 minutes to really kind of let those things uh, rise to the top of your brain. And I think you have to write a lot of words before some of that stuff really starts to rise to the top. So do that exercise. Try it for a week. And like Drew said, put it down, revisit it and, and just see what, what comes out of it. I, I imagine you, you'd find some material uh, or maybe just quick comedy altogether. It's funny. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny that sometimes as we are on this journey to learn the secrets of these professionals that do comics, it, it kind of comes down to sometimes there is no secrets. It's just about putting in the work and there's no magical formula. It's just about writing a lot, writing every day, you know, getting it on paper uh, and then going back, re-listening to your sets. It's, it's all kind of basics, it seems like, but um, the people that excel are the ones that do the work. 
Ain't that the truth? And then we should also, it's a good transition to talk about something. Uh, I'm going to apologize for a little bit. We talked about Drew being very consistent with this podcast and we broke that, but <laughs> we let, we're going to let ourselves off the hook one because it's summer and two, because we have a comedy show that we run and, and uh, back in March, we were running two a month. We now run fucking six <laughs> a week. Okay. So give us a break. Uh, and, <laughs> and I do promise. And if you're with me, Drew, it will be more consistent in, uh, in, in, in season five. Yeah, we'll get back on. It's been so fun. Uh, we've had so many good conversations. I, I'm not ready to stop doing this thing. It's so, it's so great and so helpful. And, uh, but yeah, our, our schedules have gotten a little crazy over the last few months in, in a good way, but, uh, it's kind of wild. So if, if you're in Houston, definitely swing by, catch one of the riot shows. Um, we do them Thursday through Sunday, almost, you know, uh, check the calendar out. We'd love to see you in person and you'll get to see some great comics performing there. Absolutely. In one area we've been really consistent. I say this on the heels of missing one, but this is like the second one we've missed all year is our feedback mic. If you have not yet participated in the feedback mic, come check us out. Uh, you can email us at breakingdownbits at gmail.com. <laughs> Those mics are Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, just comics from all across the country, across the, the world. And uh, like I said, we're there every Tuesday. So if you want to get a part of that, just go ahead and email us there uh, a day or two before, uh, or just send us some uh, some of your avails and we'll, we'll get you on or hit me up on social media. We'll make it work. And it's a good transition. And Drew, I'm going to announce something you didn't even know about. Uh, yeah. This is kind of fun. Uh, but our, our, our guest today actually has participated in those mics. And another friend of the show who participates all the time, uh, Adam Muller, will yep. be joining him on, on the riot as his feature uh, for the October 9th show. Well, I did know that. Ah, damn, I, you probably knew before I did. Because oh, I suggested God. it <laughs> while I was in New York. Oh, I thought I was going to. OK, <laughs> fine. Whatever. So you already knew. But uh, everybody else didn't know that. So uh, with that said, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, enough of us. Let's go ahead and bring in our guest. Originally from Syracuse, New York, Stephen Rogers is a New York City-based comedian who made his national TV debut in 2019 on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He's been featured in multiple comedy festivals such as Lucy Fest, Rogue Island, and the Limestone Comedy Festival. He has a popular anxiety-themed podcast called Panic Attacking and is a regular opener for Brian Regan in theaters across the country. Wow, Stephen Rogers. Hey. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been too long. We've we probably waited too long to have you on the podcast. So thanks for uh thanks for doing it today. Oh yeah. People probably think it's too early. So it, it really <laughs> <laughs> it's it's right in the middle. Actually requested by fans. So here you oh, go. Oh wow. Ah, oh, that's that? very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes me feel good. And uh, thanks for uh, it, stretching out the one credit I have through the promo reel. It was really, <laughs> really strategically done. I, I liked it very much. <laughs> Whatever you got. That, that is an awesome credit. Oh, you have, I think you have two outstanding credits for oh, sure. Yes. I mean, working with Brian Regan, just a master uh and i can't imagine how beneficial it is just to to do so many dates with that guy and watch him work night after night uh yeah i mean that guy uh changed my life and uh comedically and and uh you know uh like just he's so nice to everybody he he uh 
really just shows you how you should do this business. He he, he introduces himself to every single person in the venue uh, that wor is working there. Thanks them for their time. He gives, you know, he, he says, hello, how are you? It's not like, no, I'm the show. So you don't have to uh, like give them the time of day. He's great to everybody. And then you get to watch him work on new material in a theater, which is amazing. It's uh, constantly a masterclass seeing that guy. Uh, now, are you going to bleach your hair uh, white to match? <laughs> I think that's the only step uh, I'm missing from being that man. I really, <laughs> I am getting away with ripping that guy off. It's uh, no, I um, yeah, I love that that guy. He's been dyeing his hair for years. I had no idea. I don't think any of us knew. Uh, except he has one Letterman where he must have stopped dyeing it. And if you watch mm -hmm. it, it's the same color it is now. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> well, what an incredible um, journey to be able to be doing that work. And and I, I didn't know that that's how he carried himself at these venues. That's that's a great lesson for anybody uh, listening. But uh, tell us about how, Stephen, how you got to that point to where Brian's like, hey, you're funny. Come work with me. And then maybe even tell us that exact moment because that could be really interesting, too. Yeah, sure. I did uh, the Lucy Fest in Jamestown, New York, which is a really good festival. It's invite only. And uh, I'm from Syracuse, New York. And they saw me at uh, the Buffalo Helium live. And they were like, hey, we'd love to book you on a show. Uh, it was like some theater show on Valentine's Day. And uh, I did it. And before I go on stage, the the booker of the festival is like, hey, if you do well on this show, we'll have you at the festival. And I was like, oh, thanks for telling me, you know, <laughs> five minutes before I go on stage. And uh, uh, did well, go to the festival. And it was like a huge deal. It was like my first festival as a comedian. I think it was three or four years in or something. No, that's not right. Probably two to three years. And then... Uh, they announced the lineup and it's like Lewis Black, Trevor Noah and Brian Regan were their main acts. And then I go and see everybody for free. It was an amazing experience. And then Brian likes to go to comedy shows after he's done with his. He likes to just watch and he's a big fan of comedy. So he uh, comes to our show is like a showcase kind of thing. And I'm on first, and they tell me as I'm, same thing, as I'm about to go on, hey, Brian might be coming to this. And I was like, well, I hope he comes in like 20 minutes when I'm done, because I don't want him to see me. Uh, and I don't want to find out that someone I have on my Rushmore uh, isn't a fan, you know? <laughs> so I... <laughs> Uh, unfortunately see him sit down as I'm taking the stage and I do 15 to 20 minutes. And my girlfriend at the time was taking pictures. It's a, it's a wide room. Every single picture she took of me, I'm facing directly where Brian is sitting and I don't scan the room whatsoever. And, uh, <laughs> I, you know how all your, your set has, links you know this goes to this this goes to this or like you have your themes or whatever all of if you were to put an album on shuffle that's how my set was <laughs> nothing connected to the other joke it was just like every joke had to stand on its own because in my head i'm just like oh my god oh my god <laughs> and then i 
have uh, this ability, which I'm thankful for, of of uh, noticing something in the moment and addressing it. And and people love that kind of thing because it, it's just, you know, it's a break from jokes. And they had a screen down of the comedian that you're watching currently and their social media stuff on it. And I was wearing the same shirt <laughs> that I was wearing in the picture. So I stopped and I went to the the screen. I was like, I, I really need you all to know I own more than one shirt. <laughs> and it, you know, not so funny all, like right now, but killed and got an applause <laughs> break. <laughs> and that applause break was all I needed to be like, okay, uh, this joke, this joke, this joke, and then you're done. And then uh, I do all that, finish strong, get off, and I'm like, I don't sweat on stage often when it's going well. And it, I was just like freaking out. And I hit stop on my phone uh, for the recorder, and then I look up, and he's standing right in front of me. And he's <laughs> like, uh, hey, and you guys will get this. Some people don't, but uh, he has a famous joke. Uh, and, uh, he looks at me and he goes, Hey, that was a great set. And I wanted to let him know that I had saw him earlier and thought he was great. So I said, you too, but he <laughs> thought, he thought I was referencing the you too joke. <laughs> so he laughs and I go, Oh no, I mean, I saw, uh, you know, you, I saw you, you're great. You know that. Okay. And then he, <laughs> he's like, Hey, well have a good night and shakes my hand and sits down to watch the rest of the show. Much thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, take luck. And, uh, um, and then he hung out with the comics for a little bit at, after the show and we were all in a circle and he was talking to everybody and he's like, Hey, everybody did a great job. And then he looks at me and he goes, even you were good as like a, <laughs> a nice j jab. And, uh, I laughed and like, was just like, Oh my God. And then he came up to me later and, uh, said, great job. I, uh, best of luck. And he starts to walk away and then he goes, Oh, wait a second. And comes back. And I'm like, this guy's got to leave me alone. <laughs> I, I don't have the blood pressure uh, for this man. And he goes, I have an idea for this one joke you did. And he, he suggests a tag and then uh, says good night and best of luck and leaves. And then a month later, I heard from his manager and I've been with him for five years, I think. Do you wow. use the tag? I use the line. Uh, right. it, it makes the joke way better. Uh, yeah. And I'm sure he knows uh, that when I tell it. So also, also I wish you, you you made you brought it up that you stopped recording. I wish you would have kept that recording so we could have listened to that dumbass oh. moment. <laughs> you were so close to recording that nonsense. Yeah, that's true. That would have been my uh, my voicemail. Yeah. <laughs> that's a random tip that I, I a couple times like I've hated that I walked off stage and I quit the recorder. And then the guy behind me had some smart ass comment to say about oh, me. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I forgot it. And I was like, Oh, I should have noted that. So like, so, so oh. now I walk off stage, I keep the recorder running just in case someone has some sort of really dig or tag or that's great somehow. And I'm like, I'm going to catch this. <laughs> my, my dad is a huge, my parents are very supportive. My dad's a huge comedy fan. So I'll send him and my mom, sets because i'm i don't live at home anymore they want to they love going to shows 
And my dad makes this good point. I have very low self-esteem. He's like, if you want to know how well you did, listen to the hit record before your name is said. So you're hearing the claps as you come up and then keep it going as you get off stage and listen to the difference in the claps um, from the beginning of your set to the end of your set and see if you made a difference uh, wow. with them. That's scary. I'm not sure if I want <laughs> uh, to go back and Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, then you don't hit play and you never find out. But uh, yeah, it's a uh, help. That's sometimes. a good idea. Yeah. It's awesome. Also, I mean, I'm, I think maybe we're in the same boat, like confidence is not something that's running through my veins right um as just a person and sure and it seems like comedy is such a confidence game whether it's on stage or networking and all that kind of stuff so what do you have you figured out some ways to counteract that um because i would love to know uh, what how you handle that that whole that whole situation it is not i'm not by any means done uh but, uh, it, you know, what really gets you, uh, to change things is when people that love you, like your peers, my girlfriend is, is a comedian. My best friends are comedians. Uh, when they have to look you in the eyes and go, you're an idiot for thinking that you're not good. Like they, they'll give you a tough love. I'm so hard on myself that they'll have to be like, give you many interventions <laughs> on uh, beating yourself up. But I think you just, it's a practice. It's its just like stand-up. You can't be a killer at it the first time you take the stage. You can't be, you can't believe in yourself 100% the first time you start to try to believe in your, yourself. So I think it's like, at least that's my experience. So I just have to be like, my therapist says, look at all the data. Like, a lot of us, when we're stubborn, we're only looking at the data that proves our thesis. Mm. Like, I'm not a good comedian because of X, Y, Z. Well, what about all this other stuff? Uh, Brian Regan takes me on, on the road. Uh, I got to do this show. This show wants to have me. Uh, these people follow me. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure even that was hard for me to say all that stuff because it's, like, weird. But, you know, that that's a practice that I think is super important for your uh, career to be healthy. Cause who's going to come see you if you wouldn't want to go see you kind of thing. Mm. So, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point about the, we focus. If you're, if you're that, if you're, if you deal with that sort of thing, we do definitely focus on one or two bad data points mm. and ignore all the good stuff because I don't know why it's just a natural bent it, for me. It's a struggle. Not only right. that, but the algorithms don't help. They'll make you focus on it. They, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. The, right. The internet, the internet knows you better than you know yourself. And they're like, right. oh, this is what you think. Okay. Here's more of it. Right. Also, exactly. like, the comedy industry as a whole, like when you're hanging out with other comics, what do you do? Well, you like, you make fun of each other yeah. and you find the things yeah. in a fun way, hopefully, but like, yeah. you know, your, your insecurities are on display and everyone sees them and everyone can comment on them. Right. And it's like, I know you meant that as a joke, but now I'm at home thinking about it. <laughs> right. Right. I think it's a bizarro situation because like, if you're being made, if you're sitting at the table and being made fun of by all the comics, that's actually because you're good. Yeah, that that's because you're good and they like you. And if everyone's nice to you, 
and that uh and not very familiar and you know poking at each other either you're not close or maybe they're not as much of into your stuff that doesn't mean you're not a good comedian but like that's a it's so weird for people with low self-esteem in comedy that actually being made fun of is is means you're loved it's it, it took me a little bit to learn that but i uh yeah i i welcome it now yeah, kind of like that's, the roast. You roast the ones you love, sort of. Right, kind of thing, right, exactly. That's why everybody's so nice to me on the scene. I didn't know that, was a, <laughs> that was the thing. Okay, all right, I gotta yeah, right. the room. That's also helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I I try to be nice to everybody so that people are like, oh, what a jackass! I <laughs> complimenting my looks to my face. <laughs> <laughs> So what, if you want to back up to your start in comedy, so we kind of got to maybe a, a huge milestone of the the mm. meeting with Brian Regan, back up a little bit. What was your start like? How did you get into comedy and, and make it to that point where you were getting you were getting booked on these festivals and, and whatnot? Uh, I saw like I always wanted to be one since I was a kid. And in fact, I was a swimmer in high school and I had a couple colleges want me to swim for them but uh i knew i wanted to be a comedian so I, I went to community college and just started to dip my i was very nervous about it. i was so scared to try it um but i knew i was gonna do it and my parents pushed me they're like if you're gonna try to go for this you need to do it and a club opened in my uh city uh, you ever forget what a place is called? <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, what are those things with the, the tall buildings? And uh, yeah, so my uh, Syracuse Funny Bone opened, and I'm like, well, it's so close to home. I have, I, I might as well try. If I took it as a sign, like if a comedy club's here, uh, now I should be trying because there, I didn't. There was a club, but I didn't know how anything about it. I didn't know anything about mics. And then uh, I tried a mic here and there and was so bad and did not care. I didn't know how to do it right. And then I somehow got a guest spot opening weekend at Syracuse Funny Bone because they were like looking for local people to do guest spots to probably get people there and that kind of stuff. And a comic in the crowd, Nick Mara, who's really funny and a Syracuse guy, was in the audience and he's like, hey, you're funny, but... You know, it's queried that you're new. I'd love to take your, you know, he took me under his wing. And then I just worked at it for, you know, with him. I would open for him and stuff and do mics and then bar shows and Elks Lodges and all that stuff. It's Syracuse, not a huge scene. You can't get up more than like twice a week until the club came around. Then you could get up seven times a week if you were hosting the weekend. Uh so I would drive to Rochester, Albany, Buffalo, and like Erie, PA, and do all these places. And thankfully, I started to do clubs and stuff. And then the the festival happened when I was about three years in. And the Brian thing obviously raised uh, the level of the th- the of expectations of me. So it made me go, all right, it would just be harder on myself and try to work harder. And then. I eventually moved to New York in 2017, and uh, now I do it here. The work ethic thing, Drew and I have known you all the whole pandemic. So many comics just locked it up and said, "Look, 
I can't create in this time. Right. Not you, not you, my man, you stayed busy on hot breath, busy in, in art, anything right. you could do uh, to continue to grow. You were doing it. Incredible. So thank you. Yeah. I, uh, uh, don't know what else to do. Uh, I spent the whole pandemic writing to save my sanity. Maybe if you read it, it doesn't look like it did a good job, but like the writing was, was safe for me. And, and like, I love stand up. I'm obsessed with it uh, to the point where now I'm stuck. I got no other skills, but uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I just love it so much. And the, I wasn't going to let the pandemic stop me from making new stuff and you guys and, and hot breath and stuff like that. It was cool to find other comics and, other people, they're like, well, let's just make jokes while we're waiting to go tell them. So so you hooked up with uh, Brian Regan, you said like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how did the Colbert appearance come about? Uh, there was a, a, it's a similar story, same festival, different year. They had me back at, at Lucy Fest. Uh, and the Colbert Booker uh, was in the same room at the same table, and the same sort of thing happened. I did my set, knew that that person was there, but was like, I'm just going to be me. And as soon as I got off stage, there was a message waiting for me uh, from her asking if I've ever done TV. And then the next day we had coffee, had similar ideas of what the set would be, and uh, took it from there. And uh, another person at the same place changing my life and i got to that was the dream was late night like that's what made me want to be a comedian i mean like all my heroes were late night people specifically like letterman people Mm -hmm. uh, wendy liebman regan and ray romano and people like that and uh got to do it same theater too so it was amazing changed my life love it and a lot of your set on the Colbert um, performance was was about anxiety, right? And one thing that uh, kind of going back to the confidence thing and the anxiety, I think a lot of comics do struggle with depression, anxiety, alcoholism, drug abuse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of things that are that are tough, and I think it maybe the comedy just draws those types of people. I don't know how it works, but. Um, for someone who struggles with anxiety, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other people who suffer probably and deal with anxiety, depression. One of the fears is, is taking meds for it. And that's something I've been kind of concerned uh, about. Like, is it going to make me numb? Is it going to make me less funny? Is it going to affect my personality to a level that it's going to hurt the comedy? Do you have to be sad and anxious to write? You know, all those kind of things. Any experience with that? Um, I don't, I used to take uh, Xanax, uh, which I talk about in the uh, late night, Mm -hmm. but um, I didn't like the idea of uh, dependence on, on that. It scared me. And you know, that's where the joke came from, but like, right. uh, So I was like, let's see if I can do this. This was, that was a personal thing. I'm not anti meds. There's people that, need them. There's people with much worse anxiety or depression than I have. You know, I I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I'm not needing those, but if I, 
if it's the right thing for your brain and your mental health, I think you should do it. Um, but I think you should talk to other people too. Like you can't, uh, you don't have to do anything alone. I love therapy. I think therapy is super helpful. I, I, I've never had to go to, uh, is a psychiatrist for pills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've never had to go to that. Um, I just exercise, uh, a lot and, uh, meditate and go to therapy. And then I do my favorite thing in the world, uh, which is also talking about what's bothering me. So <laughs> that's uh, also very helpful. But like where the the worry of if is it going to get in the way of the stand up it's not like you can't come back from it. Like I I'm friends with uh Gary Goldman who tried multiple different types of medications before he figured I mean there's a whole special yeah. about him figuring out how to handle uh, his mental health. So I, I think um, back to the what I was saying before, it's a practice. Uh, take little steps to see how you feel after this much exercise a week or this much therapy, this much meditation. And then if you need pills, it's worth a shot. You can go to the lowest dose. I know a comedian that takes the lowest dose and that's all he needs. And he's the same guy, just less depressed. So, and he's, he's hilarious and he was hilarious before. So I think it, I don't know if I subscribe to it, changing your ability to be funny, but sure. You may feel numb. Then that's just something you, you, you know, you tinker with. And that's what those people are for. I think. I love nice. that uh, approach to, you know, I, I, I struggle with anxiety too. I guess everybody mm-hmm. on the, on here does. And, you know, that is one of the tools in your chest and it's almost like writing a comedy bit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the way you, 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 you build out your day or you build out your week. Like you mentioned, you have exercise in there, you, you have mm-hmm. meditation, some therapy, and if necessary, some medication. Uh, right. And, and for some people, medication may look different. It may be alcohol, cocaine, or it might be something prescribed <laughs> over the table. I, I, I chose to abstain yeah. from all of that, but I've started therapy right. now and that's an important part of my regimen. Mm-hmm. I work out a ton. Uh, how much do you bench, bro? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> oh uh, yeah. You know, I'm having a hard time holding this mic up. So, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, it is just to, to take care of yourself. And, and I think, uh, find, you know, find the right thing for you, for you, for yourself and your body and your own mental stability. Um, but yeah, Drew, to your point, that could stunt, put your creativity possibly if you're over medicated or on the wrong medicate or taking the wrong medication, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I think we're types of people. I mean, we're all different, but we all are a little bit the same breed because we chose to do this. I think, um, I'm going to blank on the word here, but, uh, self-control is a thing that I think comedians can struggle with. Um, so it's like, that's where I would go to somebody instead of just going to the counter and going, I'd like w- one pill to fix everything, please. Like, you don't know what you're taking necessarily. Uh, so I think going to somebody, having them hear everything that you experience and, uh, and addressing, hey, I write for a living. I don't want this affect my creativity they might know something that we don't and be like, well, then you should take this and not this. Uh, 
Yeah. So, I, took a, I think I took a Xanax one time, like a half of a Xanax yeah. before a flight one time, and I just passed out and drooled all over mm-hmm. myself. So that would be That's terrible exactly. for my writing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I took it. I took it for flying and it was like just sedating. It sedates you. That's all it does. It's like transporting the bear from one enclosure to the other. So it's not, not great for writing, but I just uh, got this mental image of the, the scene in Jurassic park. Yes, they're like, exactly. <laughs> they're yeah. like unloading the velociraptors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to get anything. Oh man, we should probably get into writing now. I, that was a great conversation. Thanks for sharing that. I really do appreciate that. Of course. Um, we always ask, how does Steven Rogers write comedy? Open ended, however you want to answer. Uh, I, that's thanks because that's what I was going to ask you guys. But uh, <laughs> I, um, I kind of touched on it before, but it's like whatever is bothering me is a huge sign that that's something. Um, and the, the level of bother, you know, the the deeper you, the the rabbit hole, I guess. But like, um, I think emotion is a huge part of stand up for me. It, it, anxiety is obvious. That's like that's a part of me. It's not the whole thing. I'm not trying to be the anxiety comedian. Uh, unfortunately that's just the only TV spot I've gotten. So I haven't been able to show (laughs) my other emotions yet, but, uh, I think, you know, every, this is nothing that's not, hasn't been said before. Seinfeld. Yeah. Seinfeld doesn't No, Shanling says to Seinfeld, why so angry, Jerry, as in a way of saying anger is a part of standup. So like, if you look at, uh, I'm just going to start quoting people, but Bill Burr said about Regan, if you look at Regan's bits, there's anger in those bits. It, Seinfeld, very angry person. I'm a, I have anger problems. So there's a lot of anger in my standup. There's fear in it. And then if there's something I like to talk about a lot, I'll try to find a way to bring that in. Uh, so it's kind of like, what am I feel, feeling lately? What's coming up a lot lately? Like, um, life-changing events so like i read recently or this one writer he he, at the end of the day he writes every time his mood changed that day and that's possibly something to talk about uh you know i i took my cat to the vet recently and it was a absolute nightmare Mm -hmm. so i started writing about that why was it a nightmare for me why you know, why did I do it even though I knew it was going to suck? You know, what what would have been different? I ask a lot of questions, uh, too. I, sometimes I, I'll write a bunch of questions or think of questions that are that would be asked if I were to talk about this. I tried to get in, in front of questions that the audience would ask as well and, and, and uh, snuff those out for them so that no one's – I don't want anyone yelling. Uh, it's all anxiety. <laughs> the whole thing is just erratic. Uh, yeah, but uh, I'll uh, free write in, in the, on the idea or how I'm feeling. If I have nothing, I'll free write in general. Um, and then uh, I'm currently working on an album that I'm going to record in November. So that like that's a little like. Uh, I like to, I like word removal. I like unnecessary 
stuff being tossed out. This is all, this answer is all over the place, but yeah. So that's some of the stuff I do. Which Mike. is why you should come to the breaking down bits, uh, feedback, <laughs> Mike, because you helped me yes. tidy up some of my jokes. That is definitely a, a, a passion of yours and very, yeah. very thankful that you were able to share that. <laughs> I, I love it. There's faster ways to say things. And there's sometimes we think, I worry that I marry myself to the first way I said it and it did well. Uh, and you think you need all that set up and it's like, turns out you don't. People are smarter than you're giving them credit for. You worry that it's going to get lost in translation or something, or they're not going to understand what you're saying. So that's mm -hmm. a big thing. And I love word removal. Cause you're, guess what? You're going to get a laugh quicker. It's w worth the reward. Um, and I like as many la uh, punchlines as possible uh, within a joke. Somebody pointed that out to me recently, and I, I was like, "Oh, I thought that was the job." But uh, <laughs> yeah, I like to so. get laughs. I'm a <laughs> secret sauce yeah. of my comedy: getting laughs. <laughs> but I'm trying to get better with silence. Uh, I used to think silence was bad. And uh, now I've learned from hearing it, you have to, you know, for me, I have to hear it like a hundred times for me to uh, take it in is silence means they're listening. Mm -hmm. So you can hold on to that silence for a little bit, give them some information to take them down a road. And then there's this surprise that you weren't expecting kind of thing. Um, I'm nerding out and not answering the writing thing. No, you've, you've answered a ton. Uh, oh, there's, okay. there's a few things in there I, I really took to. Uh, something I don't think we've heard before is uh, which sounds easy in theory, but that, that's also challenging to be able to put yourself in the shoes of somebody else and be like, here's mm -hmm. your story. What, what would I want to know? So what does that look like? How do you how do you do that? How does that process unfold for you? Um. Well, like sometimes a bit pops up from well, one bit in particular. My name is Stephen Rogers, and I know that someone will yell Captain America. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's not necessarily a question, but I know I've had the question: Why didn't you bring it up? Mm. So, and I had that enough at, off stage to the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't want this question anymore. Uh, so let's address it up top in a way that I actually feel and not giving them what they want, but they, as far as they want a Captain America joke, but they're going to keep bothering me about this the rest of my life. Uh, so I went up and led with how this, having this name makes me feel. Uh, and that sort of just puts that out of the way. I know you want to, I know all the nerds in here or the movie people want that connection established as soon as they heard my name. I see people like giddy when they hear my name and it's fun for me to go, well, here's how I feel about that thing. You're uh, itching to see if I address, mm, um, example. but the question thing, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's overall like a pre like a overall chunk. Like I'm anxious is a chunk in this album I'm gonna make. Why am Why is he anxious? Uh, what does he do about his anxiety? Uh, what does he do when he's anxious? What's his anxiety like? Uh, how do people feel about his anxiety? Mm. That kind of stuff. Uh, 
just what, where, when, who, how stuff is really. Uh, yeah, sort of. It's um, also it's like this is my standup. I've noticed is kind of like I had somebody give me this ex very nice compliment that when I when people see me, they feel like uh, they're they're seeing a friend uh, that uh, is catching them up on what's what's going on or like you know here's who i am in this amount of time so it's uh answering all those questions of what you need to know about me kind of thing i think the attention to emotion in your writing is is very good i mean uh, everyone knows like in you know i i've worked in radio for a while now and what catches people's attention is is the emotion of stuff. I and mean, we see it on clickbait and the news and, you yeah. know, like, should you be eating this ice cream? Find out at 10, you know, they're trying right. to create fear. Like, um, emotion is so key to getting people connected and, right. and telling stories and jokes that they care about. And I think that that's, that seems like that's at the forefront of your writing. Yeah. I have a hard time. I guess what I'm saying here is, is, uh, I, I will lead with this is going to be cliche, but I'm just being me in in the writing, um, which everyone says to you in the beginning. And you're like, thanks for zero help. <laughs> that is no help whatsoever. I came to you to figure out how to be a comedian, not myself. And it's like uh, the, the way it, I mean by that is when I'm talking to you guys, I can't pretend to be cool. I'm not cool. I can't pretend to be interested in something I'm not. I can't pretend to be anybody but myself. So that kind of comes across in the in the writing as far as like if I have a premise and somebody I you know I write with a lot of different groups of friends. I'll write with this person this day, this person that day. Adam Mueller I write with a lot. Uh People give directions and stuff, which is very nice. People, you know, say, hey, what if you went this way with it? If I wouldn't go that way in real life, I, I can't do it. Uh, and if it didn't happen, I have a hard time putting it in the joke. Uh, I, I have a, a hard time not telling the truth unless it's like for a quick joke. Sure. Like uh, I have a joke that my girlfriend want, is allergic to cats, but really wanted a cat. So we got a hypoallergenic cat and they are super expensive, which is true. Uh, and then the joke is, uh, so she doesn't know this, but it's actually a regular cat that I shave every night. <laughs> uh, not true, obviously, but I know everyone's picturing the hairless cat. Uh, so it's like, here's a quick joke. But now the rest of the bit is true stuff about my cat. So it's like if I'll do some joke, little white lies, but I have a hard time telling people something that didn't happen as if it did. And that's just me as a person. I think that stand up when people do that is hilarious. I just can't do it. Yeah, everyone. I think everyone has uh, an internal take on that. Like we interviewed Sam Talent, who has a, such an interesting and 180 degree different approach where he's right. like every almost every interaction that he shares you know, about his wife and stories. He's like, nah, that didn't happen. But he's like a yeah. prolific fiction writer. <laughs> so yeah. it makes sense that that would be his comedy writing style. Not for everyone. Right. I find, yeah. I like to, I like it for it to, I like for things to be 
mostly true. I don't mind fudging the facts, but I like the the core of it to be true. I don't mind about fudging the facts so much. I can I can sleep at night knowing that I changed right. the details and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, if I told everything exactly the way it happened, I'm not doing stand-up comedy. <laughs> You're just uh, doing therapy. <laughs> right. Uh <laughs> So I do mess with it, but I like it's that's what I would do if I was hanging with you guys or or other friends just trying to make everybody laugh. I would tell people what happened to me and then I would then put a punchline and, you know, then I would try to be silly and then I would do a face like somebody (laughs) told me when I started, however, you're funny with your friends is how you're going to be your best form of uh, a comedian. So it's like. Thankfully on stage, I am me. Uh, there is the, the downside of if somebody doesn't like my standup, they probably wouldn't like me. But uh, the people that love my standup are getting 100% me. So I know, I know how to do that all the time. I know how to be me every time I write a joke. So at least I'm learning as I, the more I go on with it. Yeah, and that's a super good point when you write in groups. Like I've, I think we've all probably experienced that before. Someone writes a tag for you, but it's just not in your voice. And so right. we've had different comics come on here and and remind you know, like you're always going to do your best co-writing with people who really understand you and your voice. Right. Um, you're going to probably get more tags and more ideas that you can work with. Uh, yeah. When the person really understands you as a person. Yeah. I work clean, uh, mo- like that's just how I write. Uh, I swear off stage, although it's it gets a laugh. That's mostly why I don't swear is people don't take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> so it's like uh, that's part of my writing. So like sometimes I'll get like people like, "Hey, what if you said this about your dick?" And I'm like, uh, "That's you know, that's not." me and then the problem is like telling someone i don't like to tell people i work clean in that situation so i'm like ah yeah that's that's interesting and they're like you're not going to use it and i'm like well it's not because it's not funny it's just not the direction i write uh so it's always it's always good to work with people that know what your uh your lenses are How about for preparing for a set? So that's the next thing we usually get into is uh, set list. Do you do them? How do you write them? How do you make them? That kind of stuff. Um, I uh, have found that uh, the funniest I am is um, when it's not um, 100% structured. So... um, a lot of the clips that I post of my standup, something happened and uh, I broke away from the set and addressed it or I messed up and I make fun of how I messed up. Uh, so I try to be as loose as possible. The jokes are always somewhat the, the same. Like if I do it, if I'm doing uh, this chunk, it's probably the same order. Um, you know, give or take, but the, and the jokes are going the same, but I don't know when that chunk's going to come up. Um, I know how I'm going to open and I know how I'm going to close. Each chunk has its own closer. So I know how I'm going to open, but after that, whatever chunk I'm in towards the end, I know how I'm going to close. 
but um, I like uh, I, people really like when I'm uh, in the moment and I realize that the audience loves uh, I'll say me because I can't speak for other comics when I'm in the moment because it's like hey he's at this show too right like when a comedian is um just rehearsing and doing it in order and it's like reading off a prompter they're like well i, I could have watched a youtube video of that guy or or that woman but like when someone is uh you don't know what's going to happen and neither do they a little bit i think it it's a little more energetic and, and fun so and that's how i feel about my stand-up so i will write down what new jokes i really love and if just to have them in my brain or what needs to be worked on. And uh, I'll look at it, but I don't have any set order just so it's fresh when I walk up there. And then uh, I'm usually pacing and riffing with my buddies in the green room. I like to go in the room uh, and watch how other comics are doing one. Cause it's fun to watch stand up and two, you see what, level of justice the jokes are getting <laughs> and it's like uh i learned from a buddy of mine when the audience wasn't giving anything to somebody's a material he went up there and did all new because he's like i might as well get some work done i'm gonna be a little i'm not gonna get into autopilot because i don't know the stuff well enough and i'm gonna get some data i'd never had before so it's like uh, I learn a lot from watching the audience, and uh, I'm usually a ner- you know not nervous, but I'm just energetic and walking around, and I can't sit still and that kind of stuff. So I'm pacing. I can't listen to music before I. I'm not cool enough to have like some playlist and shadow box in the corner. Uh, <laughs> Although you mentioned in one video that you're a metal fan, which I feel like yes, we might have to yeah. talk about that later. Um, I do want to say I love, love, love the idea of having a different closer for each chunk. Yes. And, and maybe each theme that you touch on, because I think maybe that's true for everyone. We have a handful of themes that we really uh, are comedy. We kind of group our sets into and to have a closer for each one of those themes or chunks is really interesting to me. Is that something that, you just came up with or it had, how did that come to be a, a strategy? That was a happy accident. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, obsessive. So I want the jokes to be as funny as they can be. Uh, I just so happen to have, I think I have four chunks in the four topics in the album. It's, who I am slash anxiety. It's uh, my body and uh, ex- exercising. And I was a swimmer, uh, my family and uh, date what I'm like dating and my relationship uh, as at the time of the recording. Um, and, you know, you when you're doing enough set, you get enough data. Oh, this does great. Uh, I'll put this at the end and it's almost like, well, also New York helps you. You have really short sets in New York. So it's like, I'm going to, I want to work on this chunk, you know, Oh, this was the best of that chunk. So this should go down here 
and then this should go up here. You know, it's it's just enough reps where I'm like, I'm not saying that they're getting applause breaks and people are like, well, there can't be any more after that. That was amazing. <laughs> they just quit but, the shows. Yeah, after. I actually like, do. Uh, I do four intermissions. Look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to to, you know, upstage everyone. But it just it's like it's clear this is the most either the most relatable or just the funniest joke of this chunk. So if I, uh, you know, do a five minute riff off of how I can't do my new shoe joke, uh, I know which chunk to get into that I haven't told yet. And I know how it's going to end. So uh, it's always it just kind of helped by being in the moment I needed to grab onto something to end strongly, to be a professional. And it just so happened that I had about four different uh, jokes that I can end on. Yeah, I think that's a fun, everyone knows start strong, end strong. Right. And I think that's a, an interesting and smart way, just like every chunk, you should start strong and end strong in every chunk of your, sh uh, of your, of your set. That's this makes perfect sense. Right, right. We talked about your uh, pacing in the green room. Uh, what about just the moments before you get on stage? Is there anything you do right before you get on stage? And then we'll roll your clip. Um, I sometimes uh, try to get in a silly mindset. Uh, and I, I'm talking like, I'll do stupid crap. I'll make you whatever makes myself laugh. Yeah, yeah. No noises. Uh, I'll talk to myself. I'll do a silly voice to myself. It's never if unless my girlfriend's there, or my best one of my best friends, or my, or my openers there that I'm like friendly enough with that I can be goofy with them. They get we get each other, or they make me laugh. If I'm laughing as I waiting, it's like. I, I I talked about being hard on myself. You got to remember, like we're in entertainment. We're about to go entertain people instead of just going, Hey, let's see if this new thing is funny. Instead of just trying to get the data of did the new stuff work or is this joke ready? Or can I finally get a tape tonight that you're not going to get any of that stuff done if you're not having a good time, at least for me. So it's like, the biggest thing is trying to make sure I'm having a good time before I get grab that microphone. Yeah, uh, I love that. If you can find yeah. a way to be laughing on your way to the mic, like just mm -hmm. from something that just happened off stage. Holy shit. Yeah. Good, you know, you're going to have a good set. You just, yeah, I don't, I'm not laugh. Like I laugh during my set, mm -hmm. never at my jokes, but it's like, that's, I'm having a great time. And it's like, I'm getting a hit off these people's laughter and that's how I'm showing it. It's like, I'll giggle. It's, it's a great, or something in the moment happened. It's like, I didn't know that was going to happen. This is great. This is a ride for, you know, this is, we, you did it. Like, I think Dana Gould said it. You're like, you did it. You're a comedian and, and it, there's nothing else left to get. You got the job. You're doing stand up comedy. So it's like, now it's up to you to have fun for the rest of your life doing it. So it's just like, Let's have fun up there. Absolutely. Well, let's go ahead and roll the grip. We got your uh, Colbert mm -hmm. paper. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, my next guest this evening 
is a stand-up comedian making his network television debut. Please welcome Stephen Rogers. Oh my God, how are you? Wow, good to be here. This is exciting. I, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm always excited because I have horrible anxiety. So, yeah. I feel like it's hard for people to understand it. I told my one friend, he's like, ah, don't worry about it, man. It could always be worse. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's anxiety. That's like if I told you how to stutter and you're like, well, you can say that again. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. I don't like the name anxiety. I don't think it captures the feeling enough, you know? I think we need a better name. I was thinking pre-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> yeah, because that's really what it is. Every day I'm walking around like, oh no! And people go, what happened? And I'm like, nothing, I'm just getting ready. <laughs> Shouldn't be here any minute now. Horrible. My doctor prescribed me pills for my anxiety, and then he warned me that they're extremely addictive. <laughs> so now I'm too anxious to take my anxiety medication. I'm afraid to take them out of the bottle. So I just shake the pills whenever I'm nervous. It's like I got prescribed a rain stick. Yeah. Now, because I don't take my pills, uh, I've had to come up with my own remedies. Like, for example, I'm afraid that somebody's going to break into my apartment, so now I just keep it really messy. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I trip over something in the middle of the night, I'll leave it there, because if I'm going to trip, so are the killers. <laughs> yeah. My mom's like, hey, you should get ready for when company comes over. I'm like, I am. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I get a lot of stress from my family. My brother just got arrested for selling weed. Yeah. And my mom is devastated because he's her dealer. So. <laughs> but I'm the favorite again, so that's good. Yeah. My mom's been a pothead my entire life and I never knew that growing up because she would only smoke inside the house when my aunt was around. So I just thought that was old lady smell. Then my aunt passed away, could still smell it in our house, so I thought she was haunting us. <laughs> I ran up to my mom's room. I was like, oh my God, Aunt Jackie's here and she's a ghost. And my mom was high. She was like, she is? <laughs> Hide the Doritos. Yeah. Nobody ever told me my entire life. Nobody told me. I think it's because my mom was high and she thought it was hilarious. Yeah. She was like, this is Steven. He smells dead people. <laughs> Our kid's a weirdo. I, uh, I'm, I'm jealous of smokers because uh, I have social anxiety and smokers can leave a party or a conversation whenever they want to. Nobody asks them any questions. <laughs> That's amazing to me. I just tell people I'm a smoker now. I was at this party. This guy kept talking to me all night. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to go outside and smoke. He was like, ah, I'll join you. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to go smoke crack. 
case you're still interested, I'm going to call the cops on myself. <laughs> I would rather serve time than talk to you. Social anxiety has affected a, a lot of my relationships. My, uh, my last girlfriend, she brought me home to meet her parents, and that was scary. Yeah. We were having dinner at their house, and her mom told me to sit wherever I felt comfortable, so I ate in the car. <laughs> I went through a, a breakup not that long ago, and uh, that was really tough. You know, It was a first for me, and I was scared. My friend was like, ah, just rip it off like a Band-Aid. I was like, well, don't some Band-Aids just fall off on their own? Wouldn't it be easier if you got out of a swimming pool and you're like, hey, I'm single. This is great. Then you see your relationship stuck to your friend. You're like, eh, he'll figure it out. That looks gross. Yeah, she was great, though. She was uh, very polite, super polite. Always said thank you when I told her I loved her. I was like, don't mention it <laughs> to anybody, please. Yeah. And she didn't help with the anxiety whatsoever, not at all, because she would talk in her sleep every night. It was terrifying. Yeah. One time she rolled over in bed and went, watch out. <laughs> well, I can definitely do that because I am not falling back to sleep tonight. Yeah. Got to be ready for whatever the hell you're talking about. You know what? You take the first watch. I'm going to go outside and smoke. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. Thank you very much, MC Mirage. Thank you so much. All right, I wanted oh. to have the applause at the end versus the applause <laughs> at the beginning. It was louder. It was louder. Oh, oh boy. Great stuff, man. Good. A, lot of good mis- a lot of good misdirects. Probably my favorite part of your writing. Oh, uh, thank you. My, my mom's, you know, my brother's her wheel, my mom's weed dealer. Uh, sit in the car or, or sit where you're comfortable. I'm going to sit in the car. Um, when you're right. Your girlfriend says thank you. Really, really well done. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I, uh, I'm i glad that you liked it because that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Yes. I, it. I, I do too. <laughs> not you. Not, no, no, not your stuff. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Nightmare for you. Imagine what it was like for everyone in that room. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I love how short and, and just punctuated those jokes are. You just keep it moving. Nice momentum. There's something about a late night set. Like it doesn't feel right. You eat one. You're working with like what? Five, six minutes. Right. And kind of in the Mark Norman style of, Punch it up. Keep keep those punchlines coming. Punchline heavy. Keep it moving. I think right. That, I think sometimes that's something I wish I did more when like maybe when the crowd's a little uh, slow to pick up and they're and they're not really into the that night. You know that crowd's just not quite into everybody. Sometimes just having a, a quick rapid fire kind of thing can kind of turn a room around because you know you're just hitting them with so many nice quick punchlines that it kind of can uh, can shift the momentum. Yeah. That set in particular, I mean, at the time, that was the, the best I was. I noticed now it's like there could have been more uh, pers- like personality in it. I think you black out when you do late night, at least your first one. Uh, that's every story I've heard, and that's ex- what I experienced. 
But like one thing I'm proud of, uh, and that God, if my therapist could hear me now, she'd be uh, clapping. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'm proud of is that I paused after each joke because they were still laughing, and, and it, the mics then pick it up too great. But if you listen, you can hear that they're still laughing, and that's the reason I'm just standing there waiting. Uh, there's some people that wait for an applause break, and that and that triggers one, but it's like, that's not what I'm waiting for. I just, this is what I'm taught. Let everybody laugh to the full time. Cause that's one thing I was so bad at when I started and kept it for a long time was by being punchy, you could step on laughs and then you're training them to not laugh as long. Cause they're like, Oh, he's going to say something else. So let's just get that quick. Ha. And then he's going to say something else. Right. So it's like being energetic and punchy, but making sure you're not uh, breaking up the rhythm. Don't be too funny. Right. And when that, I definitely wasn't <laughs> one of the, one of the things that the, with a crowd that is always interesting when you have that experience is like when the crowd's like, ha 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 silence. Right. Like, that is a weird thing to experience as a comic. And yeah, maybe it's because you, you did it. You trained them that you were stepping on the laughs and, and you were, you know, inadvertently telling them to shut up so you could tell your next joke. And it's your right. fault that the crowd is doing that. It's not just, it's not the crowd's fault. Right. And order on going off this set again, it's been a long time since I've uh, seen it. If you notice the polite joke where I'm like, till I love her, she said, thank you too late in the set to tell that joke. They groan because they liked me mm. by that point and felt sorry for me that that happened mm. where it's like, if I moved it up a little bit and like, Hey, you know, I was anxious during my relationships. My last girlfriend, I told her I, I love her. She was super polite. She said that, I mean, that I'm ruining my own joke, but uh, <laughs> like that placement, they liked me so much at that point that that joke didn't get as hard of a laugh as it normally does. Cause they're like, we like you. Why would she say that about you? Instead of being like, Oh, that's a great written joke. So it's like that's, interesting that in a f late night that can happen. It's really smart though, to think about your order and, and how well the, or, and, and how does the audience feel about you at that point in your set? Right. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that. Last, we, we actually, Last night, went and saw uh, Louis, uh, Louis C.K. in Houston. Oh, and, wow. And his opener was very self-deprecating. So funny. And uh, he was great. Who, uh, uh, who was he? Oh, no, I forgot. What's that? The, uh, I, have to, I have to look it up. We'll put it in the notes. Um, he, was, he was great. He was very funny and... Uh, uh, but yeah, I think it was interesting. He came out very self-deprecating right off the bat. And, um, there was, and he, at first I think the crowd was just like trying to like, Oh, is this one joke? And then it's like, Oh no, this is whole set it was very self-deprecating. And the crowd kind of, once they figured out, took him a second to figure out who he was and what he was doing, the laughs changed. So that's a very right. interesting thing to think yeah, how do they feel about me at this point in the set? At this point in the set, what jokes right. should be here or there based on that? I've never thought about that before. I think, like, you know, um, I like self-deprecating stuff because, um, you know, I just like making fun of myself. Uh, it also beats people to the punch. 
But um, uh, they need you to win. They like at a certain point they like they like you. You're good at your job. You're very funny. But what, it's like you need a couple wins so they're mm. that you have a normal because no one in the audience is only getting losses. They you know they obviously at a comedy show they're able to afford a night out uh, at a club. They're able to provide themselves a good time. So life is not all loss or all wins. So it's like I feel like you're set. For my my experience and my opinion can benefit from wins and losses, but you can you know there's uh, liberties with each. Yeah, well, that's I mean, often you hear you need to lose, 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 lose. Um, in in general, that's kind of the what, what I've heard more than not. Um, mm-hmm. But that, yeah, I think that's a good point though. Like sometimes, uh, and in stylistically, there's some comics um, who are you know always on top. But I think the varied approach is that's a good idea to like if all your jokes are putting yourself down, you know, maybe throw a, throw it the other way. Right. Like, I, I, and, and by that, I don't even mean that, like, at the end of the joke. And then I won and made a lot of money. Like, you know, yeah. it's like that's not a great thing. But like there's a joke I have about uh going to therapy uh that's a win i'm going to therapy i'm men- mental health improvements but every joke is not a win like every punchline there's something that happened at therapy or blah blah, blah but that overall is a win i'm in a relationship that's a win somebody loves me you know what i mean so it's like mm-hmm. the, the topic or the theme could be a win but you know there's things that happen at your expense in them but i think straight across like uh i suck nobody nobody likes me that's not it can't sustain a whole set in my opinion an hour of that could be too much right right that's what bruce ard remember uh drew because he talked about how how handsome he is the whole time but no he's he's like one of the things i have to do is i I order my i structure my set as they want to see me lose so i'll do a lose win lose that's usually yeah that's great writing and joke format yeah yeah, and probably for the timing for for him because he has such such a pronounced look. Yeah, um, he come he probably I would assume that most of the time he comes out and kind of kind of craps on himself at the beginning, and then once things kind of level out, once again thinking about how does the crowd think about me now? Mm-hmm. When he walks out there, he looks like a pompous jerk. If you don't right. know him, that's what you might assume. Yeah, I mean, us really handsome guys have to <laughs> take it's care tougher. of it right up top, uh, or they can't, you know, they can't understand what's going on. Yeah, I feel like we, we are uh, we are a couple comedy nerds. Maybe we we do this this episode again, but we do got to wrap. Um, let's do our our last segment. Hopefully, you're ready for it, Stephen. Uh, All it's right, last laugh. Here's the here's the clip. <laughs> Where season five, we're changing it. We we never will. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're never going to change that. No, never. So last laugh is real simple. It's the it's the joke that you will be remembered by. It's the joke that's on your tombstone. It could be yours. It could be somebody else's. What is Stephen Rogers going to have on his tombstone? I mean, uh, you warn you warn us ahead of time, and I'm sure no one is ever ready. Um, <laughs> I uh, I think like. If it wasn't my joke, 
Oh, I don't know. I, uh... <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I have a couple that just came to my mind that would be mine, but I've never said them before. Uh, here lies, uh, Stephen Rogers. Did you like me? Uh, I think that's probably the, the, the most fitting one. And then, uh, yeah, I'll do that. Did you, did you like me? That, that's, that's all I can think of. I mean, I think a lot of comedians could could get behind that one. Like, please like me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I, I mean, uh, talked about the whole episode, how funny I am on the spot. And then you asked me to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good contrast to like, like, you know, the, on the tombstone to be like loved by yours is like, did you just did you like me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Did yeah. you? Yeah. Didn't even go for love, just went for like. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you put up with me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're alive, Steven Rogers. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Well, well Steven, this I'll, is a lot I'll move. Of, this is a lot of fun, man. We're it's always fun talking with you and, and uh we look forward to having you down here in Houston. Uh, yeah likewise guys i'm excited uh october 9th everybody please come to the show october 9th so guys i thank you everybody for listening steven for doing it drew always good to see you this has been breaking down bits thanks Steven. Bye. Thanks for listening to Breaking Down Bits. You can keep in touch or get more when you follow at Breaking Down Bits on social media. Visit the website breakingdownbits.com or shoot us an email at breakingdownbits at gmail.com.